Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke. In this passage, Jesus tries to bring two family members together by telling a parable about what's most important. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The word of God for the people of God. So a few months ago, I, um, actually about a year or so ago, I uh, needed some new shoes. And so uh, I have been trying in recent years to be a little bit more conscious about where I buy particular products. Uh, and so I did some research uh, on where I might buy these shoes and maybe where they're manufactured and the labor that went into them and things like that. And so in my research, I found this shoe company in Maine, in the state of Maine. And they ha even had the, like, really the three-minute video that showed, if you think about a guy in Maine who makes shoes, like, these were the guys. Uh, maybe they were out in the elements, and so they had all their, they were in the factory making these shoes, and it just kind of won me over. So I thought, I want shoes uh, from this particular place. So I bought them online. I don't normally buy shoes online. I like to kind of, you know, at least try them on. But uh, I bought the shoes and started wearing them and had two feelings about them for the next uh, year or so that I wore them. Uh, one was I really liked the way these shoes look. Uh, people would compliment me on the shoes uh, and I felt good about that and thought I looked, you know, pretty stylish when wearing them. And the second thing about these shoes is they're some of the most uncomfortable shoes I've ever worn in my life. <laughs> Some of you know that, uh, so we are just a one-car family, and so most Sundays when my wife and son uh, come, they come later. They don't, you know, understandably want to come when I come earlier. So I usually take the green line from where we live in the South Loop and get off at Harlem, and then I walk uh, from the Harlem stop here. And so um, when I wear these shoes, or wore these shoes, I would put them in a tote bag and then wear, like, running shoes uh, on that walk because, uh, again, they hurt my feet. Uh, now, you might think, well, that makes no sense. Why would you wear shoes that are uncomfortable? And let me go back to point one. They look really good. <laughs> so I just kind of lived with it. I could, you know, in short little spurts, I could wear them. It was no problem. I'm not going to go hiking in them or anything like that, but there it was. So last Sunday, there it was. I was wearing these shoes, had uh, my... Uh, had them in my tote bag, wore my running shoes, walked here, 
and then stayed later uh, last week, and so I actually took the Metro home last Sunday, and then uh, got off uh, at the Metro, or at the uh, Ogilvy um, Station, took the Green Line back home, and as I got off at the Roosevelt stop at South Loop, I'm walking, I've got my backpack with my laptop and everything, as I'm walking down the stairs, I'm like, I stopped, and I realized I don't have my tote bag with my shoes. <laughs> That's right, whoever made that noise, that's what I exactly felt like, yeah. And so I was like, I cannot believe it. And so I had these shoes and so I thought about where I might be because I had the Metra and then I got on the L. Maybe I did leave them back at the church and so that week I called Metra, I called CTA, I called the church and they were nowhere to be found. So, this week I was also thinking about this sermon as we are in this sermon series that we're talking about limitless thanks, particularly with an emphasis, as I noted before, about what does it mean to be generous in so many different ways in our lives. Certainly part of that is financially, but what are other ways too? And how do we think about our relationship with God as it pertains to our relationship to God and the things that we have and the things that we own in our lives? What is our relationship like with our things, with our stuff? And how does that relate to God? How does that relate to how we give limitless thanks in all parts of our lives? Well, this is an interesting passage to explore that. There are kind of two components to the passage. There's the first part, which is contextual, meaning it tells us what's going on here with Jesus and these other individuals, particularly this one man who calls out to him from the crowd. And the other part of it is this parable that Jesus tells. Well, first, let's take a look at the context and what's going on. So someone in the crowd yells out to Jesus as we read, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. So this man wants Jesus essentially to make amends or maybe a better way like to make sure that this guy gets what is owed to him. So we can make some assumptions as we look at this passage perhaps. We can make an assumption that there was no will in this family. So there are these two brothers and maybe there was no will that divided up what the inheritance was. So in this time and place, in this context, when there was no will, everything would go to the older brother. As speaking as an older brother, I think that's a perfectly fine law. <laughs> Any older, oldest uh, people in the crowd, so we're loving this. Who are younger siblings in the crowd? Now, they're not loving this uh, so much, right? So you might relate to this one who's saying, hey, Jesus, my older brother got all of the stuff Tell him to divide it up equally with us. The younger brother is like wanting to make sure I'm getting what's coming to me. So now Jesus, interestingly, in the, this, and this is around when uh, we talk about biblical translations, sometimes people will ask me what translation should I read and there are lots and lots of translations out there. And it's important to read sometimes different translations because in what we read today, Jesus says, friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? Now, if you read other translations, in fact, most other translations, Jesus doesn't say friend, he says man. Meaning, man, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And in reading one commentator this week, he was saying, if Jesus uses the word man, this is not friend. This is saying, why are you bothering me with this? Why are we getting into this in this way? In fact, the language, when he says man, it 
connotes some displeasure that Jesus is saying to this person. So why is he doing that? Why is Jesus like not real thrilled? Because it would make, seem like, well, Jesus wants to be fair, right? Equitable, make sure this guy gets what is coming to him. But Jesus, as Jesus often does, takes this opportunity to talk and share a parable about what does it mean when we think about the things that we think are owed to us. Again, how, what is our relationship with our stuff, with our things? And that's when he tells this parable. Now, you may be familiar with this, and so we see a few things here in this parable. And one thing to note is, now, if you read again this passage, and it says, the man in the parable that Jesus is telling, he says, what should I do for I have no place to store my crops? And the first part, verse 17, the man says in the parable, and he thought to himself. So what's one thing that we're noticing here? Who is this man having a conversation with? Himself. himself. So maybe we're getting a sense this is somebody who has a lot of things. Maybe he is siloed because of all of the things, and so the only person that he can have a conversation with is himself. I can't help but think, now we all, there's some of us who live in River Forest. It's a lovely, beautiful community, drive around all the beautiful homes, the really big yards, but that's another thing about River Forest too. They're really big yards, and they're almost sometimes kind of siloed in a way. When we have lots of things, we are sometimes off in our own little world. The second thing to notice about this parable is, I don't know if you caught this, the number of times the man who's talking to himself, how many times he uses the word my or I or mine? 11 times, 11 times. He said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and I will store all my grain and my goods. Did you catch that? The number of times he uses this word my or mine or I, as if he is saying, all of these things I got all on my own. This is my stuff. And I think Jesus is beginning to tell the listeners and us today, be careful about what you think is yours. So we were joking, we've got a video clip to show. So for those kids who are here today, a minute and a half of not me talking, but a Pixar movie for you. And I was joking, this is like, could be a Pixar sermon series. We used a Pixar clip a couple weeks ago. We're using another one here today from the movie Finding Nemo. Uh, and so let's take a look. Now you may uh, have known, so uh, the, the fish, uh, um, what are the fish's names? Marlin and Dory. Dory. Mar so this, but this is Marlin and Nemo who are trying to make their way back. I think that's right, or maybe it's, I don't know. Two fish <laughs> trying to make their way home again, trying to escape, and now there are these seagulls who are, what's that? Should have done the synopsis and not the Bible. Say that again? Should have done the synopsis. The synopsis, right, exactly, instead of the Bible reading, right, instead of Finding Nemo. So we have it, seagulls, see these fish flopping around. So now let's take a look. All right, Gerald, what is it? Fish got your tongue? Look, a duck! I gotta find my son, Nemo! <gasps> Nemo? Hey, 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 he's that fish! You know what we've been talking about? The one that's been fighting the whole ocean. Hey, I know where your son is. Huh? Hey, wait! The come back! Stop! He's going! He's crazy! I got something to tell you! 
inside my mouth if you want to live. Hop in your mouth, huh? And how does that make me live? Fine. Because I can take you to your son. Yeah, right. Oh, I know your son. He's orange. He's got a gimpy fin on one side. So whenever I, when I read this passage, I remember this scene and the seagulls, just like mine, 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 mine. And so sometimes we have that feeling about the things that we think are ours. They see these fish and immediately they all jump in thinking, ha, this is mine. And all of them are desiring the same exact thing. And we feel that way perhaps about the things that we have in our possession. It's mine. I earn this, I work for a living, all of this is mine, so I can just sit back, eat, drink, essentially, and be merry. But there's a passage in the psalm that kind of refutes this. It's a very short passage. This is Psalm 24, verse 1, but it says this. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. Very short and sweet, but it goes to what this man in the parable is saying, thinking, no, no. All of these things, the grain, everything, this is all mine. Forgetting what the psalmist says. The earth is the Lord's. As if to remind all of us, who is the creator? Who is the quote unquote owner? And then in case we forget, the earth is the Lord and all that is in it. Not some, not your neighbor's stuff. You might think, oh, that's the Lord's, this is mine. No, the psalmist reminds us, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. All that is in it, I mean, all belongs to God. And that is so hard because when we have our own things, we feel this ownership of it. And we begin to think, I'm gonna hold it closely. And then we begin to realize it's not enough. And so I need to have more things. And we fall into the trap that this man in the parable does, or maybe even the son who says, tell my brother to give me what is rightfully mine. And so we begin to accumulate and collect, and then we begin to take ownership of more and more, and we surround ourselves with the things, and we forget who is the steward or who is the owner, and we forget that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. And when we forget that, then we forget to be generous and we forget to share what God has provided for us. One of the greatest lessons I had uh, about this happened to me several years ago. Um, I was uh, volunteering, uh, this is the early, early days of Urban Village, and I was volunteering at a ministry uh, on the south side of Chicago, and they were making or serving free breakfast uh, to folks who were hungry or um, those without homes. 
And so I was on the train, so early Saturday morning, and I was kind of groggy, and uh, the green line again going, making my way south, and I was just kind of sitting there, minding my own business, when I noticed across the aisle from me was this couple who looked uh, like they probably would be going to the place that is serving the breakfast. It looked like they were unhoused. Uh, and then I noticed as I was beginning to watch them, they were pretty uh, dirty and unkempt, and one of them pulled out of this bag a loaf of Wonder Bread, and then pulled out a package of bologna, and then pulled out little mayonnaise packets. So this is like seven in the morning, and they just start making a bologna sandwich for themselves. And so they're carefully, you know, spreading the mayonnaise and the bologna and all of this, and I couldn't help but just kind of looking at them. And as I was doing so, one of the individuals looked at me, and this bologna sandwich that he had taken pains to make said, would you like one? And I, to this day, I kick myself for not receiving it. Because I think that part of me thought, I don't want to be, oh, no, 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 no. I couldn't possibly do that. He was offering me. He was sharing. He realized, in his own way, perhaps, this is not mine. This is mine to give. And I should have received it. And I didn't. And I regret that to this day. But he was a model for me of realizing what he had was not really his but is his to share and to give and to be generous with. Friends, I think this is what we see here in this passage when we think about all that we have, remembering that the earth is the Lord's and all and all that is in it. When we think about our homes, our closets, our cars, our boxes of stuff, and when we begin to rethink who is the owner, when we begin to rethink whose is this, then perhaps it might help us to be more generous. This is not really mine. This is the Lord's, the one who created the world, the one who created me and gave me particular gifts and graces to make a living. And so we do these things and we give out of that generosity, recognizing who's the one who is the owner. It was a good lesson for me this week. On Sunday and Monday, I was just like so, it was kind of ridiculous how like upset I was I didn't have these shoes anymore. <laughs> and wouldn't it be an interesting end of the story to say, oh, somebody found my bag, I have my shoes again. But I don't, they're gone. But really they weren't mine in the first place. And I hope and pray that whoever has them now is using them. I hope they look good on them. <laughs> I hope their feet don't hurt, but they're theirs now. They're not mine. They were never mine. And so let us reflect on all that we have, recognizing it as God's, and let us share in that so that others can know of God's abundance as well. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways that which you live into our lives when we reflect on the abundance that we have been given. And it is so very tempting to hoard and to collect and to hold things tightly, but remind us of your generosity and what you have created and how you have given so much to us. And then let 
that be a reflection of how we give financially, our time, our resources, all of these ways, so that we pray that you would help us to be generous, generous as well. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.